0: Hey, everybody, and welcome back to Outrage Science Bites, the companion podcast to the Outrage Overload podcast. I'm David Beckmeyer, your host and Outrage Overlord. Before I jump into this last episode of this 30-day challenge, I would love to hear from you about maybe some ideas on what to do with this podcast going forward. Um... Whether it should lay dormant until next year or whether maybe uh, you've got some other ideas, you'd like to hear more of these short Science Bites episodes on other topics. So please reach out to me at outrageoverload at gmail.com or you can look at outrageoverload.net, scroll down, there's a place to leave me a voicemail. Or if you're in the US or from any country, you can dial a US number. Uh, My number here in the US is 925 552 7885. And you can leave me a message there. And I read all those messages. I listen to all those messages. I read your emails and uh, you'll get a response from me. And I would love to hear your feedback. So with that, let's get started. So here we are on the last day of the 30 day NAPOD POMO challenge. That's a 30 day challenge to produce an episode every day of the month of November for 30 straight days. That's a national podcast post month challenge. So, this is it. We're on the last day of that challenge. And this episode I'm going to basically wing it from start to end. I recorded an interview, I should say I conducted an interview with a great guest for a, for a special conclusion of this, but due to technical difficulties we lost the recording and so i don't have that recording which is a it happens sometimes and when you're doing a daily podcast i'm certainly not going to ask that guest to try to reschedule in the same day or anything like that and try to get that done again so we just won't have that interview um maybe we can do it again for some other show another time in the future but so this episode, I, you know, kind of wrapping up some of the things we've talked about on the, this Outrage Science Bites podcast, we've had 30 episodes and each one has been a range from, I don't know, five-ish minutes to over 20 minutes for one or two. Most of them kind of in the six to 12 minute range. And we've talked about things like cognitive biases and other psychological phenomenon. We've talked about some of the major themes of the outrage overload podcast like what is outrage porn and what is the outrage industry so who are all these players that benefit from using this kind of messaging that induces out our outrage and gets us angry and divided amongst ourselves or against each other and uh and then we also spent a number of episodes talking about sort of how to identify that kind of content how to deal with that kind of content how to um you know, better manage sort of information literacy and recognize quality content versus not such credible or low quality content, things like that. So you can go back to all those episodes. So I think that this episode, in addition to those summaries, I was going to talk briefly about some of the things that I do that sort of I've learned from guests that I've had on the Outrage Overload Podcast over the last year, and some of the things that have just kind of helped me, and also here, you know, so things I've I've learned from the experts' suggestions, as well as other things, and um, even even talking to some of the street outrage interviews, the man on the street interviews that I do with regular people, and some of the strategies that that they have they even have been helpful. So. And again, I don't want to pretend like I don't get caught up in this, uh, just like everybody else. And I don't want to pretend that I always uh, don't, I don't get fooled once you know once in a while by a bad source, or that I don't get emotional and get involved in some conversation or even share information that is perhaps not as credible as it should be. So I do all that stuff too occasionally, but certainly I've tried to do it a lot less over the past few years. And I think I've also uh, found myself less stressed out for the most part, uh, compared to the rage kind of mode that you could also find yourself, you can often find yourself in if you consume this content kind of without any of those, uh, practices. So, so one thing I'll talk about is social media as a biggie. So, um, you know, I look at social media more now, almost from a, I don't know, anthropologist perspective or like a social sciences lab, you know, So I I look at, like, when I see people sort of saying crazy things, I say, I more look at it sort of like, oh, look at the way these crazy people talk to each other. Look at the way these crazy people do these things. Isn't that interesting? As opposed to, wow, I need to jump in there and that guy's totally wrong. I need to go fix that and tell them how they're wrong. Uh, Because somebody else is going to do that anyway. Like, why should I do it? Someone else will take on that charge. Uh, Let them have that. Argument or that debate, and and you get to see. And when I'm doing that, I get to see sort of both sides behaving um, in the same way or similar ways, and falling into the same traps and the cognitive biases that we've often talked about in these episodes. And so you you actually can take a step back from it and more be an observer of it as opposed to a participant, um, at least particularly in a, as a participant as a sort of hothead or whatever, right? You know, and then that, it does challenge, you know, what conversations are worth participating in, right? So, I mean, sometimes there's reason debate, and maybe there's something reasonable to add to that conversation. But I think, you know, being very selective, um, a lot more selective than we often find, particularly in those hotly debated topics, is a good place to start, or one of the things you can do. I would say another good one is, um, you can kind of do the same thing with you know, maybe TV news and even online, um, if you're reading newspapers or other things online, news sources, you can kind of look at that clickbait headline and say, oh, isn't that interesting how they're using that clickbait headline? And then you can maybe say, well, is there something there? Because often what we'll find in even in what you would call, you know, credible newspapers that are actually practicing good journalism practices that we talked about on yesterday's show, even in those cases, often they're trying to make a point and so they're going to take the facts and they're going to selectively arrange them a certain way to come up with a narrative and they're probably you know maybe leaving some facts out or maybe maybe not quite giving you all the detail and nuance for that story in order to create that narrative and so that's when it's important to not look at just one version of that story see if anybody else another paper that maybe leans a little bit different from that paper is maybe also reporting on that story and maybe it's providing a few different facts or maybe emphasizing a few different facts in different ways, providing some more nuance that maybe wasn't there in the first article and vice versa. And then you can kind of maybe see how much of this story, um, you know, how does the story play out? What does this, how, what does reality look like compared to what the story's narrative is trying to present? And, you know, and this is a big case where, you know, very seldom do you want to just take the clickbait headline and just reshare that article without reading it, because often the clickbait headline is definitely leaving a lot out, and often the story has almost nothing to do with that clickbait headline by the time you actually look into the story. So that that's a biggie too. Is 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 be be mindful of the clickbait headlines that are that are being thrown at you. Um, that that's a, an important one, and. You know, and here's another thing that's really important in all this is try to learn to recognize your your triggers, and you know it can be hard. We we all have some, but you know maybe every time somebody mentions Joe Biden, you kind of lose your your mind. Maybe everybody sometimes every time somebody mentions Donald Trump, you lose your mind. Maybe talk about abortion and you get really agitated. Maybe you talk that somebody's talking about. um you know, guns or gun control or gun safety or otherwise, and you lose control. Maybe somebody's talking about crime and you lose control. And maybe somebody's talking about transgender. There's all kinds of things that are triggering. I, I One of the things that I learned uh, in talking in these man-on-the-street interviews with so many different people is there are so many things that can be a triggering uh, thing or what are, what I would call a hot-button topic. And these hot-button topics are the ones where, it's a lot easier to lose our sort of critical thinking and our rational thinking and get motivated into um, buying into this sort of outrage story. And that's really a place where you really have to, you know, step back from it and see, is this story fully true? Is this being exaggerated? Do they leave some stuff out? Because almost always, the story is more nuanced than that sort of clickbait outrage headline and that outrage story that you initially get super outraged about when you look into it you might find this thing happened one time in holland in the 50s or you know maybe 2 years ago or something and nothing really happened from it and you know it's not some widespread problem or something like that right i mean a lot of this is when you dive into it you'll find many times it's a lot less of what you think it is and it's it's being pitched a certain way or there's a lot of nuance about it oh yeah there was a person of this kind of thing that that held these stances that were involved in it. oh but there were also people with these other stances that you know that were also involved in it so it's a little bit more nuanced than you might have first thought and maybe immigration is one of those that triggers you so these kind of things And the news media and, of course, social media wants to leverage those triggers, right? If they can sort of quickly position this story as, oh, boy, this is going to make people that have a certain position on immigration really, really mad, they'll put that in the clickbait and then you know, and it may or may not be a good reflection of reality. It often isn't a very good reflection of reality. And when you dig in, you might find yourself saying, okay, there's a little bit more to this story. I still maybe don't like this aspect of it, but when you really look at this part and that part and this part, there's way more to it here, and it's not quite the outrageous thing that I should go st- stamp my feet about and go get a sign and start yelling at my congressman about. So I think that's a biggie is really understanding our triggers and, and when those triggers are, are happening – that's when that should be our notice to slow down and look deeper into that, rather than what we kinda wanna do, which is take that thing and just be mad about it and not really research it much more, not really look into it at all. Because it made us mad and it kinda supports what we were mad about in general, so we're going with it. And, And I've had situations where people won't even, until probed, they don't even really realize, like where did you learn about that information? Uh, like they'll say, well, I don't listen to the news or I don't watch the news. Well, where'd you learn about this situation? Well, I guess I, I got it from the news. It's like, okay, well, you kind of are listening to the news. So we can find ourselves kind of we have this version of ourselves in our mind sometimes, and it's not off, it's not always exactly a perfect picture of how we um, how we actually behave. Uh, another thing I think that you know we talked about a lot of other things is about and in a lot of these other episodes is the whole diversifying um, you know your information sources. So pulling things like I already mentioned a couple times here is a few different places to maybe get things. We talk about that a lot, and that can be hard because you, you don't tend to want to go to those sources that you're not used to dealing with, or you know they don't tend to give you the story you want to hear, so you don't really want to go there. But another one we haven't talked about a lot is is is, is seeking out support, right? So you know, reach out to friends, family, or, you know, maybe even mental health professionals if you're just feeling overwhelmed by all this stuff. So, you know, don't feel bad about that. We all fall into it and it can be really stressful and, and they can, you know, your friends or others can possibly, um, help you process, you know, those emotions and maybe, maybe come up with some coping mechanisms. So I think I will wrap up this final episode. I've kind of rambled on enough, um, about this. I mean, I would, Love to hear from listeners what they would like to do next with this podcast. Uh, Do I just not do anything with it? Do I stop it? Do you want to hear, you know, occasionally more things in this kind of bites format? So in a sort of a shorter form format. And if you do find these episodes interesting, you may be interested in the long-form podcast where instead of hearing from me, you'll actually hear from experts on the Outrage Overload podcast where I talk to scientists and researchers and authors and other experts, practitioners and others about these topics of outrage in society, outrage in our politics, and how do we lower the temperature. So you might enjoy that podcast at outrageoverload.net, and if you wanted to look at all 30 of these episodes or see which of the 30 might be most interesting you can find all the episodes of this science bites podcast uh, at that same website outrageoverload.net. you can scroll down and find the link to these outrage science bites and this napod pomo challenge but again please reach out to me if with some feedback about what might be some interesting ways to use this podcast after this 30-day challenge. You can reach out to me at outrageoverload at gmail.com or via the website. If you scroll down, there's a place to send me a voice message at the bottom of that page. You can also just use your telephone and call 925-552-7885 in the U.S., and that will allow you to leave me a voice message. I check all those messages and those emails, and uh, typically you'll get a response from me. And I do appreciate you listening to these Outrage Science Bites, and I hope to hear from you.